Hey there, and welcome to episode 90 of the Steady On podcast, You On Purpose, with me, Angie Bauman, and my guest today, career coach and senior fellow at Barna Group, Dr. Stephanie Shackelford. Stephanie's work focuses around helping people find and live out their purpose, and she sat down to talk with me about how we as Jesus followers can sometimes get tripped up over the idea of calling. It's easy to think about our calling being out there and something we have to search for and discover. But for a long time now, I have believed we're all created with the same calling to be in relationship with our creator and that how he calls us into kingdom work is something that grows and changes as we continue to move through different levels of spiritual maturity. And I was relieved to learn that Stephanie agrees with me on that point. The verse I chose for this episode is one that Stephanie shared during our time together. It's found in Proverbs 19:21 and says in the NIV, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I am a planner and a goal setter, and I don't think it's wrong to be that way. God created me to be that way. But I do run into a bit of trouble when I hold too tightly to my plans instead of continuing to listen to how God might be inviting me to take steps in a little different direction than I thought. That unknown is scarier to me, and it reminds me that I'm not in control. But this verse in Proverbs tells me that the direction of the Lord is the foundation upon which I can build my life. His purpose for or calling on my life is steady and it stands strong. If you're in a season of searching or unknown, if you have any questions or doubts around being valuable to God, if you're standing at a fork in the road of your life, I think you'll appreciate Stephanie's words of wisdom today. Let's listen in. Hello, Steady On community, and welcome to this episode of Steady On Podcast. I'm Angie Bauman, and with me today is Dr. Stephanie Shackelford. Stephanie, welcome to the Steady On community. Thanks so much for having me. Stephanie is a senior fellow at Barna Group and studying vocation and calling, and you are a career coach and co-author of a new book called You On Purpose, Your Calling, Discover Your Calling, and Create the Life you were meant to live. So I want to ask you a couple of questions before I even dive into the content. Will you, t- <laughs> yes. will you tell us a little bit about Barna Group and the work that you're doing there? Yes. So for those not familiar, Barna Group is a research organization that um, has been in that space about 30 years. And over that time, they've really become the go-to source for insights about faith and culture, leadership, vocation, generations, kind of all of all across the spectrum there. And um, through that time, they've uh, conducted over a million interviews, just a wealth of data. And so my work with Barna has been focused on vocation. And a few years back, um, started working on this vocation project with Barna to really understand um, what are we believing about work and calling, and then how can we help people really step into their calling and live into their purpose. I love that. You know, I'm going to put you on the spot maybe just a second, because sure. what is it? Yeah. What is it about that work or helping people become passionate about their work or find out why we're not and all the things around that? What, what's that for you in there? What, what makes you passionate about helping people being passionate about what they do? Yeah. So back in the day when I was heading to college, I uh, thought I was going to pursue nonprofits. 
Um, I really had a heart for wanting to help others, but I I could not figure out what my niche was. So I did a bunch of internships and shadowing and informational interviews and classes. And I could not figure out really what God was calling me to in that until, um, in grad school, I took an executive coaching course and that's when it all really started to click of, Oh, my strengths of, of, uh, listening and empathy are really combining, um, to really encourage others to step into their purpose. And that's when it all started to align. So that was just my own personal call towards this space. Um, and it, you know, it took a winding path to kind of stumble into that, but really being attuned to what God was speaking to my own heart and how he wired me and then coming so alive when I got to help others do that same thing. I appreciate that so much because I think that it is a process that can take a lot of time and energy to really figure out the best place for us to serve. I know that I like, I've been a pastor for a long time, a local church pastor. And that's just, I I don't know, I guess I, I didn't really fall into that. I don't mean that, but that I kind of understood it and it, I don't know. It just felt very natural to me. I didn't have to, once I surrendered to the call to ministry, I didn't have to really wrestle with what ministry looked like in local church. But since I've been sort of an online communicator, you know, one of the things that mentors and people who are farther down the road than I am, if you will, have said over and over again, is you got to find your niche. You got to find that narrow space. You got to find exactly what your message is. And I tell you what, sometimes that is really like daunting to me. Mm -hmm. And I think to a lot of us who are whatever career we're in, right. I think it can be like, well, what is the best fit for me? How does my personality, my experiences, my strengths, and my passion and also areas that I can grow. How does that all come together to be like the one thing that feels right? So I think this is an exciting conversation to have. Yes. And one thing we actually found in our research for this book is that two thirds of adults believe that there's one best fit job out there for them. And this, we kind of unpack this in the book, how that's a very limiting mindset because, which I'm sure we'll get into this a little later in the interview, but your calling can change over time. And it is growing just as you're growing as a person. You're not this stable static person. Every experience you have is growing you in different ways. And so of course it would make sense. Your calling would unfold and change over time as well. And so really trying to break free out of that limitation that I have to find this one best fit thing that's going to be with me the rest of my life. Some people do find that, but that's rare in my experience. I love the freedom in you saying that because I tend to be a perfectionist kind of personality and I'm hard on myself. And so that when things have changed in my life, sometimes, even like if I've left one church and, and been called to another church, those kind of things, it has felt to me like that I have failed somehow instead of embracing this. Well, actually maybe it's, this is a new opportunity and a place to grow. It seems like I should have, I should have, <laughs> should mm-hmm. and shame are so closely related <laughs> right? instead of giving ourselves like this permission to grow and to change, uh, and to have some, you know, greater opportunities. And I don't mean greater on a worldly scale, but greater mm-hmm. in terms of yeah, growth. So, and I think you're right. We can really get so, focused on, I think even in the church and faith communities, we can say, you know, what is, what is the purpose God has for your life? And I, that always makes me pause a little bit because that feels kind of yucky because I think our, we are created to be in relationship with him. Like Mm -hmm. that's our purpose. And as we're in relationship with him, then we discover like the thing he'd have us do right now, you know? So, so talk to us a little bit. How do you, how do you define calling? Because you use that word. Um, we use that often in faith communities. What do you think it means to have a calling? Yes. Yeah, so, um, I love, I mean, I love just what you summed up there and wanted to add to that. 
um, as our callings changes, it doesn't uh, change. It doesn't discount what we've done previously as if that wasn't our calling. That's a very and good so, way to say that. Yes. As if I did the wrong thing because I'm right. moved to something else. Yes. Let's take that off ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so how we um, defined calling in our book is that it's all of the special activities that God created for you to perform in the world as his fulfillment of his design for you, which will naturally result in service or benefit to others. So I can unpack that a little bit. Yes, um, do. That's, a, that's a lot of words, but yes. I like them. Yes. <laughs> yes. So first of all, it's um, the first part is that it's all the special activities that God created you for. And so first and foremost, a calling implies that there's a caller. You know, our creator has made us with a good plan in mind. Uh, I think so often in our culture, we, we kind of forget about this because calling is just thrown around. Um, but, you know, a calling a vocation, it's not this self-directed creation of who I want to be. It's really um, choosing to receive the gift that our creator has for us. Um, otherwise, we would call it something like a choosing <laughs> or something like that. And so um, first and foremost is just start, like you had said already, is, is our relationship with God. And so it starts there. And then um, our calling is all the special activities that God has created us for that will serve others. And so if you even think back to God's call of Abram um, back in Genesis, is he calls him to go in order to be a blessing. And that's really the fundamental aspect of calling is that's not really a calling unless it is um, in service for others and how God will use you and how he's designed you and wired you to bless others. And like we said, that can look a million different ways. Um, and so I think the only other thing I would add there is, which we've also touched on already a bit is that we all really start with the same fundamental calling. So for Christians, we're all called to be the presence of Christ in the world. Uh, that's our primary calling, that relationship with God that we, you talked about. And so when we, but when we talk about calling and in this sense of your purpose, that's kind of what we're talking about, like your secondary calling of what does it look like for you personally to then be the presence of Christ in the world? Yeah, I love that. So, so talk to us about a few other terms then, because how, how is there a difference between like job, vocation and calling? Mm-hmm. What's that like to you? And I, I'm going to, I, I went, uh, our, our kids were involved in a little Christian school for a long time that had kind of a firm belief that only ministry was calling, which I always struggled mm. with because my husband is an administrator in higher education. One of my best friends is a first grade teacher and I'm a pastor, but I, there are days when they do a lot more ministry than I do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I, and I've, so I've struck, I think those things overlap a lot, but I think sometimes in our faith communities, we can, we can think calling is about ministry only. And I'm going to, mm. I'm going to guess in your work, you don't see it that way. So Correct. I, yeah, yes. yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I kind of use the terms calling vocation purpose interchangeably. I mean, some people will try to tease out nuances, but for all purposes, they're, they're essentially can have the same definition, you know, vocations from the word vocare in Latin, which means to call. And so, um, those are, the the definition I just gave, but that doesn't mean that it is always only tied to your job. So your vocation can definitely include your job or the work you get paid for, but it's also a lot broader. So it's, it's really answering those questions of what am I here for? What is God calling for me to do with my life? And so it is how we interact with our neighbors. How are we generous? How do we invest in our community? How do we support the next generation? Uh, those are just a few examples, but this is really how we live our life. And so to narrow it, that calling is only 
for ministry work is very limiting. And, um, I don't think, you know, if you read through the gospels, you there's, you know, I don't think Jesus limits (laughs) that work to only ministry. He's living his whole life, um, in accordance with the spirit. So would it, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm getting this idea that sort of like vocation is the umbrella and like job and calling can fall under that almost like our vocation is how we live our life. Like the purpose of our life every day to, if you will go back to the greatest commandment, right? Love God, others and self, Mm -hmm. like how that's almost like that's our vocation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then like, so, and we might have a job that's ministry or we might have a calling that we get paid for, or we might not, we might do something to make money that, isn't really a part of ministry, except for every person we can be in contact with, we can minister to, right. As a Mm -hmm. part of that vocation. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'd say it's that larger. Why of why are you engaging in those things and how are you showing up? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know there's a four-step process because one of the things I love is practical practical. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So I don't know if this is the best place to talk about it or not, but you know, for the listener, that's already like, well, I don't like my job or, Mm -hmm. um, I don't get, I wish I could get paid to do this, but I can't get paid. I get paid. You know what, how, how do we help? How do we help ourselves? If you will connect back to that main purpose of abiding in a relationship with Jesus and understanding that our vocation comes, you know, is, um, mm-hmm. no, that, it, that goes under our vocation. Let me do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But, then, <laughs> but also, you know, sometimes it's time to change. And so how do we evaluate just practically, how do we evaluate some of those things? Yeah. Um, well, I can give an overview of the four-step process that we use, and then I can kind of walk through each of those and you can Excellent. feel free to interrupt me. I can add examples, whatnot. So it can yeah. be a conversation, but the big framework is that, um, so in, in doing this uh, book project, You on Purpose, is we interviewed and surveyed thousands of people across the U.S. to understand their perceptions of calling and work. And we followed this, um, the four-step process that Barna uses in their research, and we applied it to calling and understanding your purpose. So the four steps are define, discover, decide, and do. So define is really looking at your current situation and really understanding where you are, where does God have you right now? And really setting your intention for where, um, why you feel prompted to ask these questions and to consider what God may be calling you to next. And so that first phase define is really orienting you around just, you know, why are you engaging in this Mm -hmm. work? And so, um, you know, one example I love is if you think back to the garden, um, God's first question to Adam and Eve are, um, is where are you? Obviously he knows where they are physically. He's God. So it yes. seems like it's more of a question, a self-reflective question of where are you with your heart right now, with your desires. Um, and I think we can ask ourselves the same question of where, where are we, what are we desiring? Um, and I, I will note, um, So through our research, we found that only one in 10 working adults are purpose oriented in their work. And so, um, this was a little bit depressing as someone who studies purpose, right? (laughs) It's very low. Um, so purpose oriented mean that they, um, believe that they're, they're uh, choosing their work for, um, a higher cause or purpose Mm. and, you know, only one in 10 are really doing that. And so, in, you know, so we contrast with that, what, you know, what are we after? And what we found is that, um, four out of five adults believe that their ultimate aim in life is happiness. Okay. And 
Um, and actually when you break it down, um, practicing Christians are even, um, more likely to strongly agree that they're after happiness. And so when we get back to that first D the define, you know, are we chasing happiness or are we chasing purpose? And, um, happiness linked to salary and what we can buy with, with what, with the product of our work. That can be part of it. It can also be just the feeling of, of how do you feel about your work? But you know, the problem with that is happiness is not a stable construct. It's so based on your circumstances. And so, um, it's always going to be wavering and moving. And so it's, it's never going to be fulfilling. And what we found in contrast is those who actually were choosing work for a higher, because it felt like a purpose, um, they, in turn felt two times more satisfied in their work, three times more fulfilled. So they're actually getting the very thing that the other people are chasing, but um, that's not what they're after. Mm -hmm. And so um, anyway, I mentioned all that just as that defined phase to really understand where are you and what is it that you're seeking in, in your work or your calling? Because we're, most of us are getting what we want or what we set out to get, I think, but I think it's really brave to look at, well, what is it that I'm striving for? Like, cause if you, mm-hmm. if what you want is a position that is a successful job title or brings a certain salary, like many mm-hmm. of us are able to manufacture that we can have it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but then if we feel dissatisfied, I think it's very brave to ask that question. What maybe did I think that I wanted that now with some further investigation, isn't actually what I most want at all. Hey friend, I'm cutting in right here to ask you a question. What message does your heart long to hear? I wouldn't have been able to answer that question before I became a student of the Enneagram, but now I understand as an Enneagram type one, that what I most want to be able to believe about myself is that I'm good. And by studying and applying the promises of God, I can know that I am good because I'm his creation and God looks upon his creation and calls it good. Genesis 1. A fabulous group of ministry friends of different Enneagram numbers from the Red House Writers Collective have joined me for the Steady On Enneagram Longings podcast miniseries. The miniseries includes episodes on strengths, stresses, and core longings of each Enneagram number, along with biblical truth that speaks to the messages our hearts long to hear. The miniseries also features bonus episodes on typing and mistyping and addressing concerns some Christians have about using the Enneagram. Many of the guests have even included their own ministry freebies in the downloadable PDF workbook. You can grab all of these goodies filled with powerhouse voices by clicking the link in today's show notes. Thank you for listening. Now, back to our show. And that's not to say, you know, fair salaries and a good work environment. Like those are all good. Things. We all want that. <laughs> yes. Bring it on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's not to discount those things, but what is the deepest motivation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second D is discover. And so this is understanding, um, you know, who you are and, um, who God has created you to be. So we really break it into these, um, buckets of understanding yourself your context and your times. So recognizing that God has created you very specifically in a very specific context, how, where you were born, where you were raised, who was, who were the influences in your life at a very specific time and place in history. And so all those things matter to your calling of understanding, um, 
what it is that you have to offer to the world based on your experiences and the time and place that we live in. And what are the different aspects of the world today that, uh, that, um, God is calling you to engage in right now. That well, goes back to the, that goes back to being brave, I think, because it really is, a, it, it does ask you to look inside yourself about what you most want. And are you willing to take the steps towards that? Even if, if it involves some risk, I have a 17 year old son who's a senior in high school. And mm-hmm. so he's, and it's interesting because one of my questions that's popping in, I'm thinking of him a lot as you're yes. talking <laughs> because he's in this process of this initial, this first discovery. And he very much thinks that he wants to be in education. And so he has this opportunity through his high school. He only goes to school half a day. And then in the afternoons, he teaches at a local elementary school as a teacher's aide in, with, in uh, second and third grade classrooms. And I told him, my son's name is Alex. And I said, Alex, I think this is going to be one of the best things in the world for you because it will help you discover, as you're saying, mm-hmm. how, how, how much does this fit with, you yes. have an idea of what it will be like to be a teacher, but as you go into the classroom every day and work with real people and real teachers mm-hmm. and administration and all that, you will discover if this is a good fit for you. I just keep thinking of him as you're talking about that. Cause I think those kind of processes can be really important to us. Yes. Yeah, so one, um, we break down that understanding yourself concept into understanding your passions, your propensities and your pain. Mm. And by passions, we don't mean the follow your passion advice. It's really deeper. What are the deeper desires of your heart and knowing that God places desires in our heart. And so it's getting underneath that, um, your propensities are, what are you gifted at? What are, um, your natural abilities? There's a lot of great assessments out there that can help with that. Um, also holding that a little loosely, knowing God doesn't always call us to things that are in our natural abilities and giftings. Um, but he will provide that as needed. And then, um, but uh, you know, a lot of times it does line up. So it's a good thing to be aware of. And then your pain, which was, um, I think surprising when I first started doing this research and I was interviewing, um, people who were living out their calling and something that came up in all of their stories is that walking through their pain was a significant part of understanding their purpose. Mm. And this isn't to say that, um, we always have a purpose to, or always know the purpose of our pain. That's not always going to be the case. And nor is it saying that it needs a, a nice bow wrapped on top and needs to be tidy and neat. And so what we're saying is that God can use some of the most painful parts of our story to shape us in ways that, um, can be used for his purposes. And so, um, that was a big finding that we had as well. Uh, That's beautiful. I I love that because I think that gives so much hope and encouragement, just a different way to say how God is in the business of redeeming hard stories. Mm -hmm. Right. Because sometimes it's so much when we, and and I, 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 I've done this, I've lived this when we refuse to look at our hard story then there's so much work that he can't do in us. He can, but we don't allow, right. He he don't, Mm -hmm. we don't allow him to do that work in us. And then there's this beautiful thing that happens in our healing. Um, It can be a testimony to what God can do. And it's something we actually can stand. The thing that we think will break us is actually the foundation of something that's really strong that we can stand on and -hmm. that other people can witness we stand on. Um, and it can be so much about our purpose and our vocation, if you will, even if it's not something we get paid for. And so I think that's such an yes. encouragement to help, help all of us look at those things in our life and say, no, I'm not going to run from mm-hmm. this. I am, I can, I can, this can be used. This is what God can use. Yeah. I yes. love that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how about the decide? That's the next yes. thing, right? Decide yes. is the okay. third D. So we, we've done is... define and discover. Let's talk yes. about decide. Yeah. Decide is often where people get tripped up in my coaching practice. This is a lot of times why people are here because they feel like they have a lot of options. They don't know how to choose. And so, um, I hear that. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm fame. very bad at this step. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, it's a blessing and a curse, right? We live in this great day and age where we do can't, some of us are privileged to have a lot of options in front of us in our work, like your son going to college. He could yep. probably choose a million things he could pursue, yep. which is really freeing and also can paralyze. Exactly. We yep. talk about the paralysis. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's that famous jam study where they put out like 16 jams in the grocery store and people were less likely to choose one than if they just put out six, because mm. the more choices we have, the more paralyzed we get. Overwhelming. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, part of the book we talk about is the, um, how we can use constraints in our life. So healthy constraints to help inform our decisions. And so these are looking at where God is calling you to and who he has called you to. And so really understanding those two aspects, um, can put some, some helpful constraints on our decisions. And, you know, sometimes those are decided for us. Um, you know, if you're caring for your sick mother, you're really constrained to where you are. And so, you know, well, God is using that as where your calling is. And that's a helpful constraint to know for your decision-making framework. Um, and so it is sometimes changing our perspective. Sometimes, you know, when I work with students that are graduating from college, they could go anywhere in the world. It feels like they have no constraints on them. And so then it is more a self-reflective process of understanding, um, what it is that God is speaking to your heart. And, and again, going back to the definition of calling is who are you called to serve and who can benefit from how you've been wired and how can that, you can put that out in the world. And so we impact that obviously in greater depth in the book, but, um, I think that over choice is a big thing that we see. And so being willing to, um, allow yourself to, to limit your options and knowing that I think, um, what I see is so freeing for people is realizing that most likely one decision is not one decision is not going to determine the rest of your life. And so but it it's, feels like it is. <laughs> yes. Doesn't it? it? Does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and so even just talking to I love encouraging, especially my younger clients, to do informational interviews to just hear people's stories of how they ended up in the career they are because nine times out of 10, it wasn't just a point A to point B. That's one of the myths we talk about. Uh, we all, you know, we think the best way to get from point A to point B is a straight line when really life rarely, rarely follows a direct path. And all you need is a general idea of where to head. And that's really what the beauty of a story is. A story is very boring. If, um, you know, we use the example of Lord of the Rings, like if, um, he just threw the ring in the trash can, you know, well, that's not a very good story. Instead, the fellowship has to go through all the fires of Mount doom and this whole journey. And that's what makes a story. All right, then how about the do the do is like, it sounds just actually doing it. And so we, um, you know, there's a difference Taking a step, right? Yes. <laughs> there's a difference between having a calling and living a calling. And that difference is the action. And so, um, that's good. Say that again. <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah. The difference between having a calling and living a calling is taking action. And so that is just the courage that it takes to, um, 
just take that first step. And, you know, it's like learning to ride a a bicycle. You can try to balance all day, but you won't actually get it until you start moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, let me ask you this, as you've been writing this, you talked about, I think it's Genesis 12 or God calls Mm -hmm. Abram. You talked about that, but is there, is there another, uh, either for you or in the book, a scripture, Mm -hmm. a passage, a story, a character, something that's kind of just encourage you, or you've kind of kept in front of you as you, cause th- these kind of projects can get, you can get lost <laughs> in the weeds sometimes and all that. What's something that's been encouraging to you? Yeah. Something I've really, um, a verse that has been on my heart really since I started this work, um, about 10 years ago, um, is Proverbs, uh, 1921, which are, uh, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Mm. And I just take a lot of comfort in that, in that, um, we can have a lot of plans and goals and those things are good, but if we're seeking, um, you know, the spirit's direction in our life, God's purpose will prevail. And I, I think that's very comforting. I love that. Yeah. Because I, I am a planner. I am a goal setter. I am a, you know, step one, step two, step three kind of person. And I, and I have struggled with that because I do want to be tender to the Lord's leading. And one of the things that he's taught me kind of in recent years is it's, it's not wrong to make plans. You are a planner. You are an organizer. I'm a natural, like, you know, bring order mm-hmm. to, from to chaos, you know, sort of situation yes. like that's I've gifted you that way. Just hold them loosely, my dear. Right. Just right. hold them loosely mm-hmm. because there are times when I'm going to take what you have done and I'm going to, I'm going to adjust it just a little bit. And if you're not, you know, if you hold too mm-hmm. tightly to your things, then you miss, I think we miss out on some of the most beautiful times with the Lord, because it's the times he takes us somewhere unexpected that our soul kind of sits up and says, oh, this is, this was all about a different purpose all along that I couldn't have seen. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, we've recently lived that, um, in my family personally, yeah. uh, my husband and I, we were in Atlanta for 10 years, had a great community, felt very established, but in the neighborhood, of Grant Park for 10 years. And, um, my husband loved his work and yeah, we kind of always tried to keep that posture. And then all of a sudden this year, God called us to move and we've, um, my husband's leading a ministry now and, um, never expected that going from you know, the business world to moving our family to do this ministry work. And so, Uh, It is surprising what God will do with open hands. Yes. And can I ask about that just for a second, because as someone who coaches and teaches on vocation and change and, you know, some of the things that you talk Mm -hmm. with people about all the time, have you experienced your own highs and lows with that, with that transition? Are there moments? Cause I think it's really comforting for people to say, to hear, Cause I'm going to guess you've had some lows. <laughs> so, How do you so guess? I'm already just assuming you have, I'm answering your question for you, but I think it can be really encouraged to, to, to say just because you hit moments where you don't have any idea what you're doing or why you have found yourself where you are, or it didn't go the way you thought it doesn't mean you've made the wrong choice. I don't know. I just, could you speak yes. to that for just a second? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, what was hilarious is my husband, John was reading the final manuscript of my book while we were going through this process. (laughs) So he's like, well, I can uh, testify that it uh, really helps. Let me read your words to you, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I think the, um, I think I have to just go back to this um, story in scripture that I've just read over and over the last six months. You've only been here about five months. And that is when Jesus calls the first disciples. 
And, um, if you remember he, they're they're catching fish and then, um, he says to cast your nets and then they call in so much fish that the nets are about to break. And that has just been my prayers. I feel like my nets in Atlanta were so full with friends and community that it, when it wasn't easy, like it was all several years being very lonely when we first moved there, We, we were not from there originally. Um, we didn't grow up there. And so, but just in the last few years, having seen the Lord provide so much community and fruit and relationships and then my nets felt so full. And then it all of a sudden felt like they're breaking because God was calling us to a new call. Mm-hmm. Um, but I take hope in that when you go back to when, um, after the resurrection and the disciples are fishing again and they cast their nets and they catch a whole bunch of fish. And it says specifically the nets did not break. Mm. And I just love that beautiful contrast of that. God is going to hold us together in his new call for us. And I um, would just offer that encouragement to anyone who is stepping into a new call and feel like you're breaking, um, that he will hold you together. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that encouragement from your own life. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Hey, before I let you go, I love to share resources. This has been fantastic and encouraging. And I'm wondering if you would just give us a little glimpse into Stephanie's life and tell us what might you be studying, reading, listening to watching anything goes that's helping you stay connected to God right now. All right. Oh, oh, well, I have one funny thing I'm reading, but it's not related to God or I mean, watching, but my serious one is, um, the book every moment, holy, which is a book of liturgies or prayers for just every moment of the day. And the one I start my day with every morning is liturgy for the ritual of morning coffee. And so as I, uh, before I do my spend some quiet time in the morning and with my coffee, I just read over that simple prayer. And I just, really love it to quiet my heart. So I'd recommend every moment. Holy. Okay. Hey, love that. that. Thank you. The, yes. the funny thing I'm watching is my husband and I are big and our kids are big Pixar fans and uh, Disney fans. And yes. on Disney plus there is a new show called, or I don't know actually when it is new to us called monsters at work based on monsters, Inc. And it's just very hilarious. If you're interested in, you know, work and calling and vocation, um, from the, it's, so it's, it's just been fun for our family I love to watch. That. I love that. I think it's so awesome when you find something, I don't know how old your kids are. I'll ask you, how old are your kids? Uh, five and two. Okay. And so something that you could do together, is just like priceless, you know, yes. our family, we tend to watch sports together, but there's just, you know, there's so much togetherness in sharing, even just something that you can, uh, laugh at experience together, whatever the case may be. So I just love that. I love that for you. And it's hilarious that it's about work too. That's yes. kind of funny. <laughs> so I have to give that one. That one ties into our conversation. <laughs> so again, I just want to let the listeners know that this new book is called You on Purpose, Discover Your Calling and Create the Life You Were Meant to Live. And it is available wherever books are sold. And I will link all of Stephanie's resources and recommendations and also where you can find and follow her in today's show notes. Stephanie, again, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you in this conversation. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for listening, friend. Until next time. Peace. I loved so much what Stephanie said about our hard stories. She said that walking through our pain is often a significant part of understanding our purpose. I have found in my own life and in the lives of so many others I talk to that it's often the very thing we try to run from or ignore that God wants to use in us as an illustration of His love and grace. So we can make our plans, 
But it's good for us to also remember the words of Proverbs 19.21, this time from the Passion Translation. A person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his or her life, but only the designs of God's purpose will succeed in the end. Thank you, Stephanie, for reminding us that we will discover the purpose for our life as we cling to the one who creates and calls and equips his children. Next week on the podcast, we'll feature Dr. Robert K. Chung. Robert will join us to talk about how God can bring restoration to our hard stories and why Jesus matters so much in the brokenness of our lives and our world. If you'd like to support the ministry of Steady On, there are three things you can do, and they're all free. First, you can subscribe to the podcast. That helps a ton. Second, you can rate and review this podcast because that helps other people find us. And lastly, you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter by visiting the website livesteadyon.com and clicking the orange newsletter button at the top. The link for that is also in today's show notes. I always welcome comments and feedback. Please feel free to reach out to me anytime by emailing steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.